In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Can you, can you hear me? Can you see me? That's the bigger question, always for me. I am, I am Diane Jardine Bruce. I'm the Bishop Suffragan uh, in the Diocese of Los Angeles. I do have your Bishop uh, Mark Andrus's permission to be here on this special day for me personally because I get to receive two of my favorite people in the whole world into the Episcopal Church. And that's Matt and Andrew Kramer. And so I'm happy to be here this, with you this morning to do that. So I bet you you were wondering, what is that woman with that pointy hat doing in the hallway, right? And so that's exactly why I'm here. But I want to talk to you a little bit about the gospel, because this gospel lesson especially is very important for me. For me, what the gospel today is talking about is about trust and being able to take a leap of faith. The disciples couldn't see couldn't hear the words of Jesus because it was too much for them. And they weren't equipped at that point, at least the way the gospel is written for us, to take that leap of faith, to trust that the words of Jesus, though hard, were something that they could get through. Now, I want to share a story with you, may I, about how I learned to trust deeply? Would that be helpful this morning? Okay. So you can tell by the way I'm talking, I was not born on this coast. Okay. And my accent's going to get heavier because I'm going to go back to my childhood. I was born and raised in a small town called Paquonic, New Jersey. I'm one of five children. I have an identical twin sister. No, she's not a bishop. She actually is a gemologist. Growing up in North Jersey, one of our favorite things to do, especially the kids, would to be, to be shipped off to visit Grandma and Grandpa Jardine, who lived on the shore of Lake Stockholm, also in New Jersey. It was a gorgeous little lake. Uh, they had a, a very tiny house. Down a slope, uh, right in their backyard, was the little dock with my grandfather's boat, a can of worms in there that was perpetually filled. I never knew it to be empty. <laughs> Grandpa, this one weekend, Deborah, my twin, was always in the kitchen with Grandma. I always hung out with Grandpa. I was more like Grandpa than Grandma. Deborah and Grandma, on Saturday, made a huge, started making a huge dinner, including an apple pie from scratch for Sunday night dinner. Sunday morning, Grandpa and I were up early. I'm always up early. I'm like a 4 a.m. riser. Isn't that disgusting? Have been all my life. So here I am, it's about 4.30, Grandpa's up, the sun's coming up. He makes us eggs, which you could bounce off the wall, but that was his style, all right? Makes us eggs, we eat, and I see this bulge under his jacket as we're heading down to the boat. But I didn't ask, what is this? I let it go. I thought, he's got something under there, better not ask. So we go out and we start to fish, my grandfather took the knife out of his pocket that was perennially in his pocket. It was a pocket knife. He opened it up. He started chopping up the worms. So he put a small bit of worm on my hook because he always said that more than a mouthful is never, you know, is too much for a potential dinner entree. And so he puts this little bit of worm on the hook. And I had a, I had a drop line and I had a regular fishing pole. And so I had to drop line off of one side, I'm fishing off the other, and we're starting to catch fish. Perch, decent sized perch, they fry up nicely. And so we start catching perch, and my, my grandfather is cutting up these worms, 
And as the fish are coming into the boat, he's gutting them and cleaning them and scaling them right there with the same knife, right? So he kept on just wiping off anything he needed to wipe off on his pant leg. And then it happened. He pulled out the apple pie from underneath his coat. And he looked at me and he wipes off his... <laughs> you know where this is going. He wipes off his knife on his pants and he says, sister, he called all of the girls in the family sister because he could never remember our names. Sister, you want some? And I looked at him and I said, I thought for a minute, grandma's gonna kill me. And then I said, sure. And he started cutting little pieces of apple pie with this knife and we'd use the knife as a fork to eat off of. And then, of course, what is he doing? He's gutting more fish, he's hooking, he's making more worms, putting more worms. And by the time my grandmother woke up, which was probably about 8, 39 o'clock, I could hear, you're going to want to cover your ears for a minute. Okay, just go like this, really, trust me. Go like this. All of a sudden, I hear down the bank, Frank, Frank, if you eat that pie, I'll kill you, Frank. <laughs> he looks at me and he says, sister, I think we better go back now. <laughs> so here we go, and we go back, and I'm thinking to myself, one of two things is going to happen. It's either him or me, but one of us is going to die, you know. But then I thought, no, no, we're not. And so we came up because we had finished the pie, you see. Finished? Well, Grandpa, you know, he was notorious. He was notorious. He had an appetite. We go up, and he had all of the fish on a string, all cleaned and ready to go. And I was, I come running up the stairs, Grandma, Grandma, look what Grandpa and I did. And she looks at me, and her hands were on her hips, and she was just, her eyes were like wild, crazy. And then she looks at me, and she looks at him, and she says, you need to go get cleaned up, because you're going to have to help, make, help me make another pie. And then he looked, she looked at him, and then he, he just smiled at her, went to his rocking chair and started rocking and smoking his pipe. And he spent about two hours sitting there very quietly. <laughs> I learned trust that day at a very deep level. Trust that I knew that I wasn't going to die eating off a knife that I know had not seen soap or water for probably 50 years. But more than that, I trusted my grandfather to lead me in a way that I had never been led before. Now, I don't encourage people to steal a pie. <laughs> I don't encourage that. But what I learned that day was that sometimes you have to step out and take a leap of faith, knowing that the one who is leading you is not going to lead you astray. In that day, I saw the face of Christ in my grandfather, and I knew that it was going to be okay, and that I just had to follow, and I did. And it was more than okay, because then I knew that no matter what, if, if I put my faith in Christ, I couldn't be led astray. And that's what the disciples didn't get yet. They didn't get that yet. And when you can put your faith in Christ, then the epistle lesson 
make sense. But it's only when you do that that it makes sense. Because it's very difficult to let love be genuine if you don't have faith and if you don't trust deeply. It's very difficult to hate what is evil because you can't see what that is. And it's hard to hold fast to what is good because otherwise, if we don't trust and have that faith, we don't know how that looks. And to love our enemies, to feed our enemies, that's so contra to how we're kind of wired as human beings. But it's not contra to God's law, and it's not contra to what Jesus wants us to do. So having faith, stepping out in faith, trusting, means that you walk out into the unknown, as I did that summer morning with my grandfather, knowing that we're never walking alone, that the one who loves us unconditionally and who has loved us since before we were even, we were even born is walking with us, loving us every step of our journey. And in those moments when we falter or fall, he is there to hold us up pick us up and love us deeply. As a bilateral breast cancer survivor, I know what that means. And I got through my treatments because I trusted that I wasn't walking alone in any of that. And that's for all of us, the good news of God in Christ. When we believe, when we have faith, when we have trust, we're never alone. And that is the most amazing thing that any of us can ever experience. Unconditional love, deep love, and, and just a joy for when we're happy, when we're happy and our lives are going well, God rejoices. And when we're sad and things happen to us, God weeps with us. That's what not being alone means. And for that, I am very, very grateful. Amen. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.